This morning, our, uh, our sermon series continues paralleling the National Youth Gathering focuses and also the Lutheran's Outdoors Camping Ministry focuses. And at LO, at Lutheran's Outdoors, at Bible Camp, and at the Youth Gathering, they're going to be looking at how Paul is changed on the road to Damascus. And we looked at that just a few weeks ago. So instead of looking at that same reading from Acts, we're going to read this from Philippians where Paul is reflecting reflecting on how grace changes everything for him. Chapter 3, beginning partway through the fourth verse. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet, whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as a loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as a loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Beloved people of God, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. According to a study in Scientific American, 99% of you have experienced this. Know what it is? Not sure, huh? Well, 92% of you experience it at least once a week. Do you know what it is? Let me draw you a picture. It's an earworm. What is an earworm? Some of you are like, wait a minute, I've experienced this the last week, 92% of us, it's an earworm and I don't even know what it is. Who knows what an earworm is? An earworm is when you can't get a song out of your head. Why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Richard, this morning, right? The song was stuck. And what song was it? The one that we sang, Shepherd Me. It was, it was stuck in your head. Ooh. This CNN story helps us to understand what's going on. We all have that song we just can't get out of our heads, no matter how hard we try. It's called an earworm. 
and it's just one example of the extraordinary power of music. The thing that's so interesting about music is just how much of the brain it activates. Beyond the auditory cortex, the part of the brain that processes sound, music lights up part of your brain that is involved with movement, attention, planning, and memory. Speaking the words, for example, comes from over here, the left temporal lobe. Putting them into a tune comes from over here, the right parietal lobe. And then putting it all into a rhythm from here, the cerebellum. There are so many neural networks involved in music processing, it elicits what is known as the amplifier effect. It's no longer just music, it's an emotional response, and that's what makes it stick. Studies have shown that kids who take music lessons didn't just get better at playing an instrument, their brains process language better. Another recent study looked at patients who were about to undergo surgery. People were either given music or an anti-anxiety drug. Probably guess what happened. The people who listened to music had less anxiety and lower levels of the stress hormone cortisol than people who took drugs. And it can be even bigger than that. You see, music can unite our brains, but it can also unite the masses. We will willingly thrust ourselves into a crowd of 20,000 people and excite every aspect of our brain for music. The extraordinary power of music. The word speaking involves the left temporal lobe. And yet you put that to a tune, it's the right parietal lobe of your brain. And then you put your feet moving with that and your cerebellum is involved with that rhythm. And that's the amplifier effect. Music not only unites our brains, music unites the masses. So why is that song stuck in my head? And what can I do about it? <laughs> Professor Victoria Williamson from Sheffield, England has done some research and she says that the best way to get a song out of your head when you have one of those earworms that you don't want is to distract and engage. Distract and engage. She says the most effective distraction is verbal or musical, it might be a chant or a mantra, reciting a poem, listening to a different song, playing an instrument. And they work by activating that component of working memory involved with earworms, a storage and rehearsal cycle called the phonological loop. If you fill it with something else that occupies the same circuitry, there's not enough left to make the earworm. Earworms. We experience not only musical earworms, but we also experience identity earworms. Identity earworms. If you've never heard that phrase before, because I think I made it up yesterday, but anyway. You know what it's like, images that we have of ourselves that we get stuck in? Or stories of something that has happened in our life that just keeps playing over and over and over again? Or maybe it's comments that somebody made. Well, you know, Pastor Raya. And it just gets stuck. Sometimes it's those destructive thoughts that just keep playing over and over again. Paul in Philippians, he had an identity earworm that he was dealing with. 
in the Philippian church, people were, were singing the song of how great they were in their religious accomplishments. And they were singing their own song to put other people down and to make demands of other people. And so Paul in Philippians, he says, you know, if anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. If you want to sing your religious superiority earworm, I'm better than you are. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. I was born a Hebrew, born of Hebrews. To the, as to the law, I was a Pharisee. Zeal, I was so zealous, I persecuted the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. I'm perfect. Nobody needs to pardon me. And then, then Paul does something different. He distracts and engages. Remember what the professor said? The most effective distractions are verbal, musical, listening to a different song. So Paul starts to sing a different song. And the heart of that song is not what I've done religiously, but that Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's Paul's new identity earworm. And this, this changes everything. This grace that Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's what that section of Philippians is, is all about. Whatever gains I had, whatever all that religious superiority I have, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. In fact, everything is nothing. It's all rubbish. That's a nice translation. The Greek word is skubala. I can't say what it really is in church. Sometimes you abbreviate it with two letters, B and S, or just the second part of that S. Yeah, that's what it is. The old translations translated it dung. All my accomplishments. And then he says, not that I've already obtained this, but I press on to that goal. I press on. It's like he's reaching out for this goal to make it his own. And then he realizes that bigger hands have gotten a hold of him and taken hold of him because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And this changes everything. And so I forget what's in the past. I don't worry about all that stuff in the past. But I look forward. I look forward to that goal of the heavenly call of Christ Jesus. I want to turn from the past of Paul to our sister Arliss. Forty years. And she picked for us to begin this worship service with this, with this hymn that Arliss, I don't think I've ever sung this hymn before. I don't think I've ever, ever sung this. And it's new to me, but it's an old, an old classic hymn, isn't it? And it's beautiful. It's what? German. It's German, yeah. It's beautiful poetry. And I, I wanted Arliss to recite this, but she doesn't like to praise with her mouth, so you'll have to put up with me. But listen to this poetry. 
Oh, that I had a thousand voices to praise my God with thousand tongues. My heart, which in the Lord rejoices, would then proclaim in grateful songs to all wherever I might be what great things God has done for me. What a song of grace that changes everything. Let every power in me implanted arise, keep silence no more. Put forth the strength that God has granted. Your noblest work is to adore. O soul and body joined to raise with heartfelt joy your maker's praise. I met Arliss back in 2004, and she was on medical leave, dealing with cancer. O soul and body joined to raise with heartfelt joy your maker's praise. This is grace that changes everything. Changes not just Arliss's life. You forest leaves so green and tender that dance for joy in summer air. You meadow grass is bright and slender. You flowers so fragrant and so fair. You live to show forth praise alone. Join me to make God's glory known. Help me out with this. All creatures that have breath and motion that throng the earth, the sea, the sky. Come share with me my heart's devotion. Help me to sing God's praises high. My utmost powers can never quite declare the wonders of God's might. Creator, humbly I implore you to listen to my earthly song until that day when I adore you, when I will join the angel throng and raise to you with joyful cry 10,000 hallelujahs high. And like Paul, looking forward to that heavenly future, so too this hymn that, Har- that Arliss invited us into also invites us to look forward to that amazing future God has for us. Much like Paul, When you get stuck in one of those earworms of bad news or bad stories or bad ways of seeing yourself, remember, the heart of grace is that Christ Jesus has made you his own. Those earworms, whether they're images or stories or comments or destructive thoughts, They can ruin our lives. I think about this last week and the famous folks who have ended their lives. And I don't know all of what was going on in their lives, but I can imagine those earworms that get stuck in us that say, you know what, the world would be better off without you. And it's just not true. It is not true. So when one of those earworms takes hold of you, perhaps you will distract and engage. I don't expect you to remember all of that beautiful hymn that Arliss led us into, but maybe you'll be like Richard and this will be what will take hold of you. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Let's say it together. 
Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. And remember the extraordinary power of music, how it wraps up your your whole brain. And then that beauty gets amplified. And music not only unites our brains, it unites the masses. Thanks be to God for the gift of music, for the gift of Arliss, and for the gift of Arliss's creator and savior. Amen.